My brothers and sisters in the Lord, a husband was feeling romantic, so he tenderly asked his wife, do you love me? The wife, too busy with the household chores, ignored him. The man insisted, we have been married for over 30 years, and you rarely say, I love you. Again, the wife did not bother to answer him. The husband was a little hurt. Perhaps you don't love me anymore because you do not want to say, I love you. The wife stopped, looked at her husband in the face and said, every single day for 30 years, I've cooked your meals, I washed your clothes, I cleaned the house, I took care of the children, and all of these things I did without complaint. If that is not love, then I don't know what is. My friends, the wife was right. She was expressing her love not by words, but by action. And not only for a day, but every day for many years. On the other hand, the husband wanted to hear the words of love. But love, my brothers and sisters, is not an ordinary word. It is an action word. Without action, love remains an empty expression. This is the problem in the world in which we live. Too many words are said about love, but nothing is done to show it, to prove it. Rather, we see among many people today are things such as ambition, Pride, arrogance, materialism, greed, lust, all manifestations of selfishness. The direct enemy of love. Tonight, my dear friends, we hear in the Gospel of St. John that Jesus loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. On Holy Thursday, the day before he suffer and suffered and died, Jesus showed his followers the depth of his love. He just did not say it. He showed it. He proved it. First, he gathered them in the upper room for supper. It was his last supper with them. Jesus did not only eat with them, but he fed them. He gave them food to eat. By experience, my friends, we all know that nourishment is one of the best expressions of love, especially here in New Orleans. <laughs> but think of the image of the mother nursing her infant at her breast, a perfect picture of this. But Jesus did not only feed his followers, he himself became the food and drink. Taking the bread, he said to them, this is my body, eat it. And taking the cup filled with wine, he said, this is the cup of my blood, drink it. In each and every Eucharist, my brothers and sisters, we hear four verbs. Take, bless, break, and give. They form the action of the Eucharist, whereby God in the person of Jesus Christ keeps giving himself over to us, loving us to the very end. He took bread in his holy hands. That phrase from the first Eucharistic prayer refers to the same hands that healed the sick and the lame, gestured forgiveness to sinners, 
and their welcome at his table. He does the same for us. Through the Eucharist, Jesus takes us in our lowliness, in our sinfulness, and in our unworthiness. He loves us to the end. He said the blessing. The next phrase reminds us, my friends, that the same voice of Christ who blesses the bread and wine is the same voice that blesses children. It is the same voice of Christ who proclaims the unusual blessing that we call the Beatitudes upon the poor, the sorrowful, the meek, the hungry, the merciful, the pure of heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted. He loves us to the end. He broke the bread. The verb broke, my friend, speaks of the fact that, like Christ, we are broken for others. So that by our very lives and our very witness to the life of Christ, we can be that witness to the one who loved us to the end. And he gave it to his disciples. The final verb in the action of the Eucharist, my friends, given speaks to the fact that we are broken for others so that we can be given away as nourishment for those around us, so that others might know what we definitively know. Jesus loves us to the end. My friends, the Eucharist is the sacrament of God's love for us. This love is not meant to remain in the confines of the upper room. It is meant to be shared. That is why at the Last Supper, Jesus gave a deeper meaning to the Eucharist when he rose from table and washed the feet of his apostles. The second act of love this evening. Imagine with what tenderness Jesus knelt down before each of his disciples. How he took their feet into his hands and how, and how as he was taking the chalice, he took their feet in a very similar way. How carefully he touched and kissed them to show them their dignity. By washing their feet, Jesus did not diminish his authority as their master. Rather, he was exercising authority in such a way that it touched the heart and it built up trust. Being loved, my friends, and being loved to the end means quite literally that when Jesus lays aside his garment, he lays aside his glory and begins the Last Supper with the most humble act imaginable in first century hospitality, the washing of the feet. This action of Jesus ought to tell us that none of our cares and burdens, none of our troubles and heartaches, none of our fears and frustrations is too little for his consideration. He loves us to the end. And he instructed the disciples, if I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. As I have done for you, you should also do. The love we receive in the Eucharist should move and inspire us to render humble service to one another. Failure, however, my friends, to wash each other's feet has quite quickly led to the decline of culture in our own modern, modern world. I'm going to give you a little spiritual exercise this evening. The next time you're at the grocery store, every time you walk past someone, say to yourself, 
I am called to be their servant. I am called to wash their feet. No matter what the ethnicity may be, or gender, or age, or religion, I am called to be their servant. I am called to wash their feet. I am called to be broken and poured out for them. As I have seen Jesus do, God help me to do as well. This twofold way of loving keeps us from isolating what we do on Sunday from what we do on Monday and the rest of the week. It keeps us from segregating our prayer from our work and from our dividing our love of God and love of neighbor, love of spouse, love of children. When the sacred scriptures are proclaimed at Mass, it is Christ who is speaking. When we receive Holy Communion, it is Christ whom we receive. When we serve the least of our brothers and sisters, it is Jesus whom we serve. A few months before he died in 1979, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was interviewed on television. A reporter asked him, Your Excellency, you have inspired millions all over the world. Who has inspired you? Surprisingly, my friends, it was not the Pope nor any bishop or priest. Archbishop Sheen said it was an 11-year-old Chinese girl. When the communists took over China in the late 40s, they imprisoned a priest in his own rectory. Looking through the window, he was horrified to see the soldiers enter the church, break open the tabernacle, and scatter the blessed sacrament all over the floor. The priests knew the exact number of sacred hosts. 32. But a young girl who had been praying in the back of church when the soldiers came in, she went on unnoticed and she remained there in hiding. That night, the girl returned and she spent an hour in prayer, an act of love and reparation for the act of hatred and sacrilege. She then entered the sanctuary, knelt and bent over to receive Jesus in Holy Communion by picking up the sacred host with her tongue. This is what she did every night. She spent an hour in prayer and received Eucharist with her tongue. On the 32nd night, after consuming the last host, she accidentally made a slight sound, noise, enough to awaken a communist soldier. She ran, but the soldier caught her and hit her with his rifle butt. The priest heard the commotion, but it was too late. From the window of the rectory, he saw the girl die. Archbishop Sheen said that this story inspired him so much that he promised that he would spend at least one hour each day before Jesus and the Most Blessed Sacrament. The daily holy hour was what inspired him and gave him the power all through the years of his life as a priest. On Holy Thursday, Jesus instituted the sacrament of the priesthood when he instructed his apostles do this in memory of me. This, my friends, is the third act of love this evening. It is through the priests, human instruments appointed and anointed by God, that we receive the abundance of God's love and the sacraments of the church, especially the Eucharist. The priesthood and the Eucharist are intimately and essentially united. The Eucharist is continually offered by the ministry of the priesthood, and the priesthood gets its power inspiration from the Eucharist. The one cannot be without the other. 
Every priest is an altar Christus, another Christ, because he has a vertical relationship with Christ in heaven and a horizontal relationship with every person on earth. This then forms the cross of Christ in every priest. The priest is called to govern, to regulate, and to celebrate the sacraments with the same love that Christ instituted them. And it is a very true statement, my friends, that when we say, to the point that others see Christ in our priest, will depend on whether his priests act like Christ their master. The reason the priesthood has lost its influence in the world is because in many circumstances, my friends, we priests don't appear to the world as different from anyone else. And what has been true has always been true. God gives holy priests to holy people. So we all have our part to play in the kind of priests that we have. We, your priests, need your prayers so that we may remain steadfast in the Lord's ministry of love, to absolve sinners from sin, to cast out evil, to lead sinners to Christ, and in him find salvation and peace for their souls, to preach and teach the gospel, to afflict the comfortable, and comfort the afflicted. May God grant us an abundance of priestly vocation. My dear friends, on Holy Thursday, it is truly a day of love. The day when Jesus showed us the depth of his love. He instituted the sacrament of the Eucharist where he gives us his own body and blood as our eternal food and makes present to us in that, here and now, the eternal and one sacrifice he offered on the cross. And to make sure he continues to be with us as an eternal nourishment, he instituted the sacrament of the priesthood. Through the ministry of priests, the Eucharist is celebrated until Jesus comes again in his glory. And finally, he washed the feet of his apostles to teach us by example that the love we receive in the Eucharist is meant to be lived in humble and loving service to one another. The essential fruit of the Eucharist and the mark of a true follower of Christ. As the Lord rose from supper, and began to wash the feet of his disciples. In a few moments, I will invite those who have been chosen to come forward to have their feet washed. Jesus washing his disciples' feet, his first priest, is a reminder to all priests that the priesthood is about service. The church doesn't exist for the service of the hierarchy. The hierarchy exists for the service of the church. During this beautiful rite, my friends, let us pray for each other that we may lay our hearts bare to Christ so that we may be washed and fed for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls. Let every Eucharistic celebration arouse in us the irresistible desire to love and serve God and his people with the same love and service that Jesus has shown us. For he loved us to the very end.